I can do that. See? Where's your shimmy? I know you can. So where are you from? <laughs> That's what you want to know, isn't it? I have a new invention. Last week we had a student write in and said, when, when is R going to have a new invention? Yeah. And you know, I like to invent anything to do with hydrogen. Hydrogen anything. Well, this invention isn't really hydrogen, but it's like hydrogen. It's related. It's cousin of hydrogen. Would you like to see it? I'd like to see it. Just so happens, I brought some. You know what? <laughs> Dehydrated water. Yes. <laughs> Just add water. 100% organic, yeah. BPA-free, low sodium, lightweight, magical. Yes, this is real. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, instructions. Empty contents into any size container. Add water to taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice enough. They, they get the idea, believe and me. And this is your invention. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very, very, very much. Well, well. <clears throat> so what's that? I, was, I thought that was your invention, actually, but I, I don't know what that is. Is that your invention? No. How's it work? I don't trust it. <laughs> How does it work? Why don't you show us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I've it looks interesting, doesn't it? I thought you were going to say it looks innocent. It looks innocent, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Be respectful. <laughs> Come on, you're burning. I really don't know what it does. Let's just try it. <laughs> Chicken. I am a chicken. Push hard. I'm not a chicken. <laughs> Obey the golden rule. Always do what R says. Obey the golden rule. Always do what R says. That's awesome. Where'd you get this? Always do what R says. And there's a golden buzzer, a golden rule, golden. You don't like it? I love it. It's gone. Is that your other magic trick? Yeah. <laughs> the red one. <laughs> oh, don't work. That must be yours. <laughs> Mine works fine. Oh, my God. You really should listen to me. I don't think you're being very social at all. I'm not social. You really should listen to me. I don't think you're being very social at all. I'll work on it. Well. Did you, did you know that my favorite people are tuning in tonight? Which ones? All of them out there. Them? Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, did you know... That last week we had 12 people attend. 12.4 million. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are all my favorite people. And I'll bet you can name them all, right? <laughs> Some There's 3,016 Steves, 290 now. But I'd like to welcome you guys. It's, it's fun to have you with us. And next week, we're going to have some big changes. The whole Science Live screen is going to change next week. Really? Yeah, we're, we're updating. Okay? okay? And you'll have an opportunity next week to be able to send questions that you'd like to have the very wise Peje Monet answer. No. <laughs> okay. That's not wise. <laughs> you can send in questions which you'd like to have the very ordinary Peje answer. <laughs> that may be better. Okay. But it'll be fun. And, and we want, want you to, you'll also be asked to give us where you're from so we'll know what part of the world you're from. Because we, we have people watching from all over. We so do. We'll be special. We Something else that, that we need to announce is that some of you keep watching and watching and watching and watching and watching. And so we are going to, by the way, we're keeping a record. Everyone that signs in with their Cellus ID, we're keeping track of. And when you have 200 episodes, then you are an official mentee. Really? Yeah. Two hundred. You've been mentored. Let me, let me remind you of. Yeah, this is my poster. If you can't see it very good, we'll just have Tina throw up a big image of it. Can you do that, Tina? Do you have it? Do you have it? This is Thomas Edison, right? Mm -hmm. Right there, and he's doing something very interesting. He's with his electricity generator, and Edison was a. Uh, a very remarkable inventioner. Um, a lot of things that we enjoy were, were brought to the market by him. The phonograph, the, if you like motion pictures, that was one of the many things that he developed. He had many, 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 many patents and he developed a lot of technologies, but he's best known for the invention of the light bulb. And it's interesting that he invented the light bulb because people made light bulbs before him. So why does he get to be called the, the inventor of the light bulb? And the answer is twofold. First of all, the other light bulbs burn out real fast. And his first prototypes, in fact, all thousand of them burn out fast. He eventually learned that if you put a lid over the light bulb, a glass bulb, and then pull all of the air or the oxygen out, then the filament doesn't burn up. And that's how he was able to get light bulbs to last very long. But it's the second thing he did that I think is really special. And that gets into, into this picture. In this picture, and by the way, can anyone see this uh, Peje Monet? Can we zoom in on the Peje Monet? There she is. Oh, it's yeah. me back in time. Yeah. Hardly aged. Hardly aged. That's a clue, isn't it? <laughs> That's a clue. That's a clue, yeah. But anyway, he's standing here with his generator. And when Edison took on the light bulb challenge, he took it on not only to make a light bulb that wouldn't burn out immediately, but he also invented the whole system, the power generator, the electrical wire distribution system, 
the whole system to make it work. Mm -hmm. And in uh, college, one of the, uh, the courses that I took that I really enjoyed was called System Engineering. And that's where you engineer a whole system to make something work. And that's what Edison did with, with the light bulb. When he thought about all of the people that were burning candles and, and gas with a little fire to light up their homes and their businesses, he had the idea, wouldn't it be amazing if we could take the energy of water going over Niagara Falls and use it to light buildings? And it seemed like a real neat idea. And with electricity, it was plausible, but a lot of things had to be worked out. And so when he first got this generator going, which could be powered with, with fuels of different types, he announced that he was going to free one square mile of New York City from darkness. And he did. And they dug up the road and they buried pipes underneath to distribute the electricity, wires, cables, and when they turned this thing on, in a whole square mile of New York, it was lit. And, and it, was a, it was a very, very different world. And from there, it just uh, ran like lightning. And soon Niagara Falls was lighting up New York City. And it really was an amazing thing. Well, Thomas Edison did a lot of these things by applying the scientific method to solving research problems and to create practical applications. Uh, we call him now an inventioneer. I don't think he ever heard that term because we invented it. It was invented after him. But he is an extremely good example of an inventioneer. And he mentored other individuals and helped them in, in their careers. Uh, one of the people he mentored was Bill Lear. Remember the guy that made the Learjet, started Motorola, did a lot of things. And Bill Lear, I'm very proud to say, chose me as the one he would mentor. And now I hope you're very proud to say, I choose you as the ones that I'm mentoring. And so if you think about it, it's kind of like Thomas Edison is mentoring you, right? Um, mentorship is a is a really fascinating thing. A mentor is like an advisor, a coach, and even a guide to help you to find your path through this world so that you become the very best version of you you can become. You know, um, there are a lot of things that you can embark in in life that would go a lot better if you had someone guiding you. Uh, I had an experience, a true experience, I guess all experiences are true. <laughs> that means I'm not making it up because some stories seem like they're probably made up. But this one wasn't made up. This one was actually encountered in the progression of life. All right, but you see, back in the day, I was a Boy Scout and I liked lighting fires with matches. But they told us we had to be able to start a fire without a match. And then they said, and the way you do that is you rub two sticks together. Well, I got two sticks. 
and no fire did that make. <laughs> so then I got the Boy Scout handbook, and it says, okay, you take one stick, and you wrap a cord around it, and you make a bow, and then you put it against another piece of wood, and you run the bow back and forth, and it spins it fast. And I did get it to smoke a little bit, but no fire did it make. It didn't even come close to making fire. Anybody that can make a fire with one of those, I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> I have tried several times, and I think it doesn't work. Really? Yeah, it didn't work for me. But then there's another way. They say if you take a piece of a flint, do you know that flint's a kind of rock? Mm -hmm. It's a hard piece of rock, and a piece of steel could be like a file or a pocket knife or something and you chip it off like this, that some of the sparks that fly off are, are orange hot. And if you knock those sparks into a piece of steel wool, you know, like a scouring pad, that it'll catch on and you see these little flames going around where the steel wool is burning. This is true. It's a true story. They do this on your planet? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you blow on it, not too hard, it'll blow it out and you can get that burst into a flame. Then you put it under some kindling, which means very small pieces of dry wood, right? Do you know about squaw wood? It's the wood the squaws gather? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, squaw, you, Boy is? Scouts learn things like this, which are good. But when, when it's raining and the wood's all wet, mm -hmm. you can go out around the lower part of trees and there's dead branches sticking down, They're just little ones, and you can break them off. And my scout master called it squaw wood. And I guess, because us young scouts were squaws, and we went down there and gathered them. But you'd put that down and build a fire. Maybe we should stick with matches. <laughs> but it is interesting. You know, really we, we take things like that for granted. But it took some wonderful inventioneers to figure out how to do them. And when you think about all the neat things that we have invented up to this point, it's exciting to think what we're going to invent tomorrow, next year. And this science fair, it's coming up May 29th. We have a lot of people, literally a lot of people that are coming to our science fair slash graduation event. How many people do we have registered now to come? Total. So we're up to 600 people that are going to gather in Kansas City to celebrate. And a lot of them are graduates of Acellus Academy, and we're really looking forward to that. And I'm personally really looking forward to the, the science fair thing. Mm -hmm. So electricity, systems engineering, it's where you figure out a whole system to solve a whole problem. You can invent a thing it's a piece of a system, but very often you've got to figure out the whole system to make what you invent really valuable. Um, speaking of inventing, and this may not be quite as actually true as what I just said. This, this, <laughs> this could go out there a little okay. bit. Okay. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. we, we'd call it imagineering. Okay? Imagineering. That's what Disney calls it. This is an imaginary imagination. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But you see, um, I am me, and uh, 
someone that looks exactly like me, someone that acts just like I do, someone that's called R like me, it's not me. It's, it's a clone. Not, actually, not a clone. It's an android. And you shouldn't be confused if you see some of those running around. They've made them? Oh, yeah. One? Are you kidding? Oh, they made they made two? You know, one of the android lookalikes uh -huh. of me runs a little laboratory for us. Yeah. And. Um, really? Yeah, his laboratory was, was named after him, in fact. After the clone? Yeah, because R was already taken, and, and so he's R, but he wasn't the first R, and he wasn't the second. Is this what you do? He was made right after the 50th R, right? And so he's R number 51. And his laboratory is called Area 51. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, well, we went that, there fast. That, that's where he hangs out, yeah. Did you know that he has been so successful in that laboratory that the Air Force has now named their laboratory oh after goodness. him? Wow. Area 51. I did not know that. No, Google it. You can go look. It's named if after you Google, why do they call it Area 51? And according to the official internet, <laughs> nobody knows. That nobody is kind of true. Knows. All right. But anyway, um, wow. To really understand Thomas Edison and how he was going to engineer a system to free one square mile of New York from darkness, we have to learn how to generate electricity. Electricity is electrons flowing down a wire. Now you think about that now. Where do electrons come from? Well, atoms have them. A hydrogen atom. It's on a tight budget, only has one electron. <laughs> Other atoms have lots of electrons. Mm -hmm. Copper atoms have electrons, except copper doesn't hang on to them so tight. And so if you took a piece of copper, like let's say a piece of wire, and you took a magnet, and you strove the magnet down the wire, if the magnet was turned so the negative side's pushing out, it would push the electrons ahead of it down the wire, and you get a current. And that's how we generate power. That's what this gizmo does. It's just a magnet pushing electrons down a wire. And to get a lot of power, they wound up the wire, so they get a lot of wire, and the magnets push it around all the wires. They get a pretty good voltage to get that current flowing. You look confused. All right. I'm, I'm thinking about R and 51. I'm still I'm You know still what? I knew, I knew you were going to come back to yeah. that. Well, I'll tell you what. If you'd like to, you want to learn more about electricity. I would like to. Uh, R51 would be very happy to tell you. What would you like to know? The whole deal? I want the whole deal. Yeah. Okay. You know I do. Um, can you connect us with Area 51, please? Hi. Hi, who are you? I'm R51. <laughs> Hi, friend. Do you know how to generate sure. electricity? Well, you take the electrons and you push them down the wire. They go down, down copper wire like... Can you show us how it works? Well, sure. <laughs> Do you see this? Yeah. This is a magnet. Okay. <laughs> you know. Do you understand magnet? Yeah. It's a magnet. Okay. <laughs> and this is a coil of wire. And here's a meter. What you can do with a magnet is you can push electrons down the wire 
As the magnet goes down the wire, it pushes electrons and it makes a current flow. If you wind the wire up, then you can push a lot of electrons, like that. Now watch the meter when I push them down. And when I pull out, it pushes them the other way. Can you see that? Watch that meter, here we go. I'm a generator. <laughs> R, you're an excellent generator. Thank you. <laughs> you see how that's done? Wow. Yeah, what On do you think about that? A lot more R's. What? Is that? What? What are you doing? What am I doing? What are you doing? Nothing. I'm generating sound. <laughs> yes, you are. You're just messing around. I'm R1. You're R1. <laughs> Except, you know what? What? We're not sure. We're not sure? Oh, dear. Yeah, I figured I would be the only one with fingerprints, but they all have it. <laughs> the exact same fingerprints. So we've lost track of the records of who's actually R1. <laughs> but I am 1R. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, Wow. But, but today we didn't come here to find out about me, did we? I we think came we did. to solve the alien mystery, didn't we, guys? No, we didn't do that. The alien mystery. Hmm, hmm. It's been going on for five years, hasn't it? Where do you get a butterfly? Did you know that likes butterflies? I do. There's a clue. So where do you get a butterfly? What do you get a butterfly from? To make a butterfly, you need a caterpillar. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. That's my kind of caterpillar right See, there. I now like we're that. starting to get somewhere, now aren't we? Now you know we? the real me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> And so I think I have solved the whole mystery. Mm -hmm. I have finally put it all together. My secret's out. Caterpillars. Have you heard about the bug nebula? The bug? There is a bug nebula. I've not right? heard about the bug nebula. Yeah, there's a bug nebula. Bug. Yeah, it's also called the butterfly nebula. <laughs> okay. An insect nebula. Up in the sky, there is a constellation in the shape of a scorpion with a stinger. Yep. Scorpion. Mm -hmm. It's called Scorpius. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to show you that constellation. Here is the constellation Scorpius. And as you can see, it's shaped like a J. And now I'm going to show you where the bug or the butterfly nebula is. Look at this. There it is. Is it really? The butterfly nebula is right there. Now, if you look at that, it's shaped like a J. The butterfly's there. Pay J. <laughs> You're just honing in right on where I'm from, aren't you? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> what is the planet Pay J to? 
Gotcha. <laughs> yep. That's yep. So. Did you know? If I'm gonna, I'm gonna give us a close-up look at the bug nebula. Okay. Also known as the butterfly nebula. Can you see it? That light that you see started its journey towards our eyes 3,000 years ago. Wow. At least the stars in front started 3,000 years ago, or the light coming from the front. The light from the back started 3,500 years ago because it's 500 light years across. Really? I was just a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's really exciting like to think about those kinds of things. It is. But now I need to come back to my Boy Scout story okay. and about mentoring. I have taken upon myself to pass on the gift that I received from Thomas Edison through Belair, the gift of mentoring. And anyone who attends 100 of our episodes is going to be qualified to receive an official mentored by our certificate. Wow. Yeah. So it's 100. Yeah. Okay. Is it 200? I just want to make sure we understand. So what did, you, what did you say last time? <laughs> I, I said 200. 200? <laughs> I didn't. Is that 100? 100, two years. 100 One year okay. is 52 weeks, except some people won't work on the holidays. <laughs> One week. <laughs> so we had to shut down. I said, well, I'll just do it without it. No, don't bother. <laughs> so anyway, so 100. Yeah, 100 episodes, oh. and you qualify for I Mentored by R certificate. That's fantastic. Yeah, and you know what? That's really neat. I would like to think that the people who officially become mentored by R are going to come closer to achieving their life potential. That is the whole idea and the purpose of these. But I want to tell you about this true experience. As a, a young scouter, a scouter is a scout that grew up. And uh, you know, you can drive a car and you think you're grown up. Anyway, as a scouter, scout leader, I took a group of Boy Scouts on a hike. And some of you are familiar with uh, a range of mountains in the United States that runs east and west. Most of our mountains run north and south, like the Rockies, but this is a range that runs east and west, and for you geologists, it's, uh, it's called the Uinta Mountains. And so I took my group of scouts to the south side of the Uinta Mountains, and we got out with our backpacks, and we decided we were gonna hike up to the peaks in this range and then come out on the north side. And we we're gonna leave in one state, and when we came out the other side, we'd be in a whole different state. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a neat hike, and it was gonna take us two weeks. So we took off hiking, and it's beautiful. And as you get up to a certain height, you get above the tree line. That means that the mountain peaks up there do not have trees because the altitude is cold and high enough that they don't grow. And all the way through these Uinta Mountains are beautiful little lakes. And the lakes had fish. 
And we were counting on the fish as a way for us to, to be able to survive up there. No cell phones, no telephones, no drug stores, no grocery stores. There we were. We had what we could carry and the things that we could find. We had studied edible plants, so we looked for edible and found edible plants. We caught fish, rainbow trout, and brown trout. And then we had the pure, pure water that we would mix with some of our dehydrated food. <laughs> all right. So one week into our trek, we'd climbed all the way up high in this mountain range. And we were a place where there was no radio, there was no telephone, there were no roads, there were no cars. This is a wilderness area. We, we were alone. And it was an interesting feeling because I think it's how pretty much every place was before invention airs. You're just kind of on your own. And it was inspiring. It was beautiful. The stars were absolutely magnificent at night. But right at the very, very peak of this hike, when we were halfway up and halfway of the distance we need to go to get down, one of our scouts got sick. And um, hoping I don't get in too much trouble from this, I'm not going to tell you that his name was Lewis. <laughs> my, my only and my younger brother. Lewis is a, a, a pretty amazing person. He's 10 years younger than me and about twice as tall. <laughs> you know, it's a, He's been very successful in his career. He's been mayor of a major U.S. city for three terms. And, uh, but at this time, he was still pretty young, and we got on this hike. And we had to carry a little pup tent on our backs, and we'd set up our tent, and he and I were sharing the tent and sleeping together. And in the middle of the night, he woke me up. And he told me that he was in a lot of pain, and he showed me where the pain was in his abdomen. And as I began to understand what he was going through and the severe intensity of his pain, I was pretty sure he was having an appendicitis attack. And as some of you know, there's a little part of the body called the appendix that can become inflamed, and if it ruptures, it's very dangerous because it, it allows poison to go through the body and, and it can even be life-threatening. And when you're near a hospital and you have appendicitis, you get into the hospital right away and they perform emergency surgery so that it doesn't rupture. That's a little bit hard to do up in the Uenas. Now, I had a pocket knife, and I thought, you know, this would be my first time. <laughs> but really, you feel completely helpless. And you see the stars, you see the beautiful country, the pine trees, the crystal clear lakes, and you feel so close to nature, and yet so far away from the things that we take for granted. Um, at a time like that, about all you have to rely on is 
your inner strength and, and your faith. And I remember uh, feeling so hopeless and so worried and wondered what I could do. There was no way I could call for help. Uh, it was going to take a week for me to hike out to get help. And even then, unless there was a car to meet us, I would be a long ways from a city once I even got out of the mountains. We have a lot in this world, and I, I think sometimes we don't take time to feel the gratitude we should. Modern medicine, what a blessing. You know, uh, people didn't live nearly as long as we're able to today. The, the average life expectancy has, has almost doubled. And part of it is better hygiene, part of it is drinking pure water, part of it is just modern medicine. And we really should and must feel gratitude for these things. But it didn't just happen. Every single thing that modern medicine knows came because one person paid attention, one person made an observation, one person studied the situation and discovered how to resolve a problem. I love what I'm doing. I love doing the cellus. Um, I got a question last week from one of you that said, we want to hear about some more of ours inventions. And I thought, wow, most of my inventions the last two years have to do with helping students learn. And we have some really, really neat inventions. And you know, there's a lot of people that have other educational programs like Acellus, and and they're scratching their heads and trying to figure out why does the cellus work as well as it does. Mm -hmm. And I recently wrote a book for educators about my secrets. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to learning and it comes to developing young inventioners and, and all of the students, it, it's not about them finding the cellus. The cellus is not for profit. It's about them finding the answers. And so all of our good ideas, publishing them, sharing them, and a lot of people are copying them. Uh, they say that uh, copying is the best form of flattery. A lot of people are even calling what I call it. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Of course, they invented it, but it's fine. <laughs> My mother taught me a little poem. She says, when others are praised for the work I do, I'll work some more and praise them too. <laughs> I had a good mother. But um, <clears throat> the quality of life that we live is very much up to us. And you can be discouraged about everything that comes your way. In fact, you can give in to the temptation to feel sorry for yourself, and a lot of people do. Self-pity is like a disease, it spreads, and it's destructive. And then you have another person with the very same set of results that's positive, that's grateful. Gratitude is a magical power. 
Gratitude, being grateful, is a magical power. It's the opposite of self-pity. And we need to wake up to the opportunity that we have as individuals to lift this world, to lift every person on this world. I am so grateful that I get to be a part of something as exciting as a cellist. Now, I've got a lot of other inventions, too, and a lot of them I've been stacking up. I can't help. Well, Dr. John was talking tonight, <laughs> and he showed us that airplane. <laughs> he says, I want to drive. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I could build one of those. But then he was showing that Dyson hairdryer fan. <laughs> By the way, have any of you been over to Best Buy and seen those Dyson fans there? Well, I went in there and I saw those. And I went over and I looked at them. There's no blade. I said, maybe it's going so fast you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a very big mistake. I had to know. There's no blade in there. But when he was showing it tonight, my brain that has been very interested in how jet engines work. Coupled my knowledge of jet engines with what he showed us on this blower, and with hydrogen, I connected them together and invented a new hydrogen-fueled jet engine that these guys should be using. And then if you use the laminar flow on the wings so they go twice, just think, I thought, you know what, it's time for IST to get an aviation department. <laughs> and you know, one of our directors is an amaz amazing aviation engineer. Yep. I think you did something, John. Thank you for mentoring <laughs> me. And that's how it works. We inspire each other. I would like to have the world just a little bit better for her, and you, and all of us. And when you get in that mode, it just makes life a thrill to live every day. You just can't wait to get up and, and get busy doing it. You know, at IST, we, we teach inventioneering, we teach science, and about half of our students are ladies, and about half our students are guys. And it isn't because we count an engineer, it's kind of how they apply. And it's really fun to see how each personality is so different and they bring their different magical gifts to bear on problems. Does, does everybody know that Dr. Peget may have come from a galaxy far, far away <laughs> But she went to college at IST. I did. I was thinking that I'm grateful I was mentored by you. Then I was reading this right here. What does it say? And it has poop. I'm right there. Yep, there she is. Okay. It does. It and says, what do you read? Thomas Edison, who mentored Bill Lear, who mentored Roger Billings, who mentored me. Yeah. I need one of these for my wall. So this poster <laughs> I'm going to send out through the mail to the next hundred students that write in and say, I want to be mentored by R. Really? Yep, wow. next hundred. Ready, set, that. go.
<laughs> I don't think you're being very social. <laughs> I'm just going to put that on my desk and put it <laughs> when I, when I It'll cause be a right problem. there when you need it. You'll have it. Yeah. I was probably the hardest student, wasn't I? Well, you know, well, I was, was so disappointed because when she was getting ready to graduate, I was thinking, boy, a lot of of the companies that we've started will love having a person like her. And then she announced, nope, I'm going to start my own company. And I did. And she did. ComTech Networking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was very successful. I was. <laughs> In fact, she was so successful, <laughs> she still didn't come home. <laughs> I did. I did I, very well. <laughs> I really hope that you realize that where you're going to be tomorrow is going to be a result of decisions you make today. Point your life in the direction you want to be. And then push hard to get there. And you're going to find that it's wonderful to be where you want to be. But the journey is a blast. <laughs> Study hard, change the world, be great, and we'll see you next time.